Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. 938. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Time for our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Dr. Most, my friend, good morning to you. Dean, how are you doing? Doing very, very well. Always nice to hear your voice. Uh, kind of bring us up to date on, on where we are uh, with uh, COVID right now. It's, uh, you know, it seems like we go up and down and up and down and up and down, and you sort of lose track on where we are with all of this. Yeah, Dean, and it's, it's good that we do a kind of a reminder to kind of let us all remember where we are at. And if you look at you know, community transmission rates, we're still in the high range for pretty much all of the collar counties, including, you know, Cook and downtown Chicago. As you get out a little bit more rural into, you know, Kane, Kendall, DeKalb counties, they've actually dropped down to medium transmission. So hopefully that is going to be good. Hospitalizations, they are staying pretty steady right now. We're not seeing a big decrease, um, but certainly we aren't seeing a, a, a huge increase. So you know, hopefully we're getting outside a little bit more and we'll slow this spread a little bit more. And, you know, and now with the possibility of having vaccines for pretty much everybody, uh, will be very interesting to see what happens here, you know, late June going into July. I would say within the last week uh, in, in my circle of family and friends, I, I bet I've heard about five people test positive with COVID. I don't think I've ever heard of that many in my circle uh, you know, all testing positive at the same time. You know, everyone's at home. Everyone's quarantining. No one's in the hospital. Uh, you know, the, none of the severe things that we used to hear about. But is that fairly common now that we're we're hearing about things like that? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting when we look at the, the community transmission rates and we say we're high. That's just like the tip of the iceberg because so many people are now testing at home and not even, you know, uh, reporting those tests. So certainly the numbers are much higher than they than they are. Fortunately, like you said, you're getting a lot of people that are having the illness um, and are getting, I would say, I don't want to say very sick, but fairly ill for a good, you know, five to seven days. So certainly we've... Uh, gotten a little bit complacent in all of our blocking and tackling, and uh, it's starting to show. So you will start to see more and more people have it, especially now, you know, as we start to have more gatherings, you know, with schools being out right. and, and kids that love to spread illness, you know, being uh, portions of those. Ah, uh, those kids. Ah, uh, those, those rascally <laughs> kids. Uh, uh, so if somebody does test positive now, is the two-week quarantine is that still, you know, the regular protocol now for this? Because I've heard yeah, in, you know, in this circle, I've heard people go, well, I stayed home for three days. I stayed home for a week. I stayed home for two weeks. What, what's the correct amount of time to stay away from people? Yeah, yeah really, it's, it's 10 days. You know, five days, it, you know, is kind of the minimum. And that's saying that you test positive, but you really have very few symptoms. And then really 10 days is going to be the, the key time unless you're still coughing, unless you still have symptoms. And at that point, it just keeps on extending out. Have to remember that if you're coughing, you, you know, the virus is still there, the inflammation is still there, and, and the ability to spread it is still there. And I would say, you know, now we have great medication. So anybody who gets it, who tests positive, certainly get into your doctor, talk to your doctor, 
Uh, Paxlovid has been a great medication that has really worked well. So anybody who is immunocompromised or any, any comorbidities and test positive, please get in because the medication will really help you quite a bit. Are there new medications around the corner? Uh, I was uh, at a function where somebody, uh, their exact quote, well, somebody who's really knowledgeable told me that there's going to be a new vaccine soon. So I'm not getting my booster shot because if there's a new one that's coming soon, I want the latest and greatest. Yeah, so it's very interesting that they said it that way, because if you remember, the vaccine that we're taking now is actually based on the original COVID. They haven't even changed that. So certainly they're working on new vaccines right now that are more um, geared towards the the variants that we've seen, Omicron. Just like we do for the flu vaccine, is it going to be what is the most prominent strain? And that that is what the vaccine will be. Are we there yet? No. So certainly I would take this opportunity to get boosted. And you know what? If the new vaccine comes out, it won't be until the fall. And I think another thing that they're really working on, which is very interesting, at least the early studies, is the nasal spray. If you remember, we had flu mist, which was a vaccine essentially for influenza. Didn't really do well. was actually taken off the market. Well, now they're working on one for COVID, and the initial results are great. So those people who are afraid of needles or want a simple, it certainly looks like this is going to be one that hopefully will be out in the market soon and uh, make it much easier for people to get vaccinated. And what's the story on a possible COVID vaccine? been hearing a lot about that uh, in the news. Is that something that's in the offing? Yeah, you know, what they're looking for is what we would call the universal vaccine, which if you think about it, if we all go back to the way back, you know, two years ago, we have to remember that, you know, the, the original coronavirus is a cold virus. It just happened, this one mutated and this causes problems. We've looked forever to say, could we make a vaccine for the for the cold? And really it's stopped, you know, gaining popularity because the cold was an inconvenience and really not causing, you know, death or illness. Certainly now we're looking at it through a different lens and saying, wait a second, is it time to come back? And can we come up with a universal COVID, which would take care of all variants? And really what it is, it's just going to get down to what's the basic parts of the virus that don't mutate much. And can we make a vaccine that's going to attract or uh, notify and identify that portion? So certainly something that many companies are working very hard on right now. So still really in, in the very distant future on that, it sounds like. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, they're they're not even in, you know, phase two trials yet. So they're certainly still looking at and, and when they do it, it'll be a big number that they're going to try it on to make sure that the effective rate makes sense for them to go to take it to market. Our text and phone number is 312 7200. If you've got a question or comment for Dr. Kevin Most, uh, the 608 area code says, I still feel very uncertain about which activities are considered safe and unsafe in terms of COVID, considering the high transmission rates right now. Baseball games, restaurants. Uh, I'm a four time vaccinated 69 year old. What should I know? Yeah. It's a great question, and, and when she's, uh, he or she, whoever that is, says baseball games, you know, there's a difference between a baseball game at Wrigley Field and a baseball game that you're watching a child or a grandchild play, because certainly then you control the environment as far as how far you are away from people. Restaurants, I would certainly, you know, still continue to be careful. It's crowded restaurants that aren't uh, spacing appropriately, and you know what, you, you can always carry out if you'd like, but really it's going to be 
we're just getting back. We have to get back to our basic blocking and tackling for those individuals who, like this caller, you know, over the age of 60 certainly has, you know, comorbidities there. So certainly we want to make sure that we're doing all the simple things and really look out for yourself because those around you are not going to look out for you. You know, that's what we've been seeing, right? So if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, wear a mask. It's going to protect you and it's going to protect others around you. So certainly the activities are going to be ones that you can control the environment are the ones that are going to be the safest. And if you can't control the environment, do what you can to control yourself, which in other words means a mask, you know, washing your hands frequently, doing all the things that we know has slowed the transmission. I was at a a graduation. My my little nephews uh, graduated from eighth grade this week. And uh, in this uh, auditorium, uh, were parents, grandparents, <laughs> you know, all people who are likely candidates for anything to be spread. Uh, there was just a handful of people wearing masks, amazingly, uh, in, in an environment like that. And, Dean, you make a very good point right now, especially this time of the year with, with graduations. Uh, you know, think about when we started, we were like, no handshaking, you know, maybe a fist bump or an elbow bump. But now you got these kids that are graduating, they're hugging each other, and then they're going back and hugging their grandparents. Right. And it's like, wait a second, yeah. you know, this is a perfect transmission. It's not like we even just went to a, you know, a baseball game. No, are you kidding? We're, we're getting in close. We're high-fiving. We're yelling. We're screaming. It's almost like a, a concert. Um, and then going back to the home. So we certainly will see us an increase because of those. I, I laughed at one point, uh, although I guess I shouldn't be laughing because it's not really funny, but one of the little graduates with his, you know, his gown, you know, his graduation gown on walking around, he had a mask uh, on uh, around his chin. It was a little, yeah. it was protecting his chin. <laughs> right. Right. Like, those, that's the kid that the parents say, you're going to wear a mask. And he says, I'll show you. I'll, I'll wear show a mask. You. I'm not, not going to be on my nose or mouth, but I am going to have it on. More questions for Dr. Kevin Most when we come right back. 312-981-7200. Dr. Kevin Most, uh, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital on with us. And Brian at 312-981-7200. Good morning. You're on WGN. Hi, Dean. Hi, Dr. Most. <clears throat> I got a question for you. I've got I've had all four doses of vaccine. And uh, last weekend, I, I ran a slight fever, like a 99 on Sunday. And it was like within an hour, it was gone. Didn't take anything for it. Thought I had like a cu- seasonal allergies kind of thing. Tested Sunday, negative. Tested Monday morning, negative. Tested Tuesday morning, positive. And um, so, like, I have nothing but like seasonal allergy. Uh you know symptoms now what's what's the protocol yeah it's so confusing when you're getting positives and negatives and you don't know what to do yeah so but really the timing of 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 your testing is very appropriate right you 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 early on you had not minimal symptoms but you tested hadn't hit a peak point yet where it was going to test positive the next day boom now the third day you test positive so certainly now you start you know the the, year clock starts on tuesday so really you know by this tuesday coming up wednesday thursday especially if you have no symptoms you you should be in the clear but certainly watch who you're around right now because really those first two to five days which are kind of still in that window are the peak times for you to spread the illness right right okay good i'm I'm glad the four dose because everyone else i've talked to had like two or three doses 
has had it now has been terribly sick from it. But four doses, it's just like a mild cold. So that's good. And Brian, you make a very good point right there. I hope everybody heard that. You know, you got that fourth dose. That just rein, you know, reinvigorated your immune system to a point where you have an illness, but you just have mild symptoms because your immune system turned on. You know, as soon as you as soon as you had that low grade fever, um, which minimized your uh, chance of symptoms. So yeah, I, I, really. I, I had, you know, one of the people that I knew that tested positive this week, you know, said to me, I've had all four doses and, you know, darn it, I, I still got it. I thought that was supposed to prevent it. These, these shots don't, these, these aren't preventing COVID. These are minimizing the symptoms so you don't wind up in uh, intensive care like people were, uh, you know, before we had vaccines. 100%. Yep. Thank you for the call, Brian. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye. Uh, let me uh, get to a question here on our text line. How long does the virus remain in indoor air? Is it minutes or is it hours? Well, it's more minutes, and it's, you know, the the amount of time, if you remember the studies that we did a long time ago, you had to be in close contact with somebody for 15 minutes, you know, while they were expelling the virus into the air. So certainly we have not seen Anyway, if you remember, boy, people were taking their mail because they were afraid the mailman had it, leave it in their garage, they wouldn't do their groceries, yep. you know, but certainly we haven't found that that's been the transmission rate. It's more going to be who you're around in a short period of time in close contact than it is, you know, how long it's going to last in the air. It doesn't stay in the air. It doesn't perpetuate in the air. It is going to be one of those where you'd have to be in close contact. So would not be concerned about surfaces. I'd be more concerned about who you're around and how close you are to them. All right, here is uh, Jackie. You're on WGN. Good morning. You there, Jackie? Hello. Hi. Yeah, I'm here. Hi, gentlemen. My question is not about preventative medicine, but I did have COVID early on last year, and I also had pneumonia. And when I was hauled into the hospital, they attached me to all kinds of things. And as I understand it, they gave me remdesivir uh, as part of the treatment, and by golly, at the end of the second day, I was feeling very, very good. So I don't know why they don't. It's in a very expensive drug. I realize that. But I don't know why they don't give it to more people. What's the story I've on that, Doctor? Find, uh, yeah. What's, Did you understand? Yeah. What's the story, Doctor? Yeah, absolutely, Jackie. So remdesivir is a great medication. It, it, we found that it works very well. The difficult thing about it is it's an infusion. In other words, you have to take an IV. What we're finding now is the oral medication, Paxlovid, is working just as well as remdesivir. We also kept the remdesivir for patients hospitalized, for patients that were going to have high comorbidities. So certainly we weren't going to, and we don't have enough, obviously, for anybody who tests positive. Not only don't have enough medication, we don't have enough sites to do the infusions. So we're kind of selective of how we're using it, but you'll start to see more medications coming out that are going to be hopefully the quick, short treatment in an oral pill that you can get from a pharmacy instead of having to go to a hospital. Dr. Kevin Most, the Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great Sunday, Kev. Thank you so much. Take care, Dean. We'll talk soon.